0: Hey, good morning, and uh, welcome, uh, everybody. So good to see you, good to be together with you. Uh, my name is Ben, I'm one of the pastors here. And uh, welcome to all of you here in uh, Waukesha, and uh, welcome to those of you on the other side of the camera in Pewaukee, and welcome to all of you joining us online. On I'm really excited to tell you that uh, last Sunday, God blessed, and uh, we had the grand opening of our new uh, Pewaukee campus, and get this, uh, God brought over 450 people. Uh, to the uh, Pewaukee uh, location. Let's give God a big hand. Yeah, that's great. What a great use of uh, technology. You know, we can gather here in, in, in Waukesha and in, in Pewaukee and just, you know, all over the state, the country, the world, online, but we're, we're one family and we're one uh, church. It was great to welcome so many new people last week. And uh, some of you have started a streak. This is two in a row. And that could become three in a row. That could become four in a row. And pretty soon you're saying, you know what? I feel like I'm at home here. And uh, five in a row, and you get a free hamburger, okay, at George Webb. Uh, no, but uh, we'd love to have you be part of our uh, family uh, here. So last week we began this new series called uh, Fix Your Upper about relationships. I talked about what does it look like to have a healthy, functional family because all of us are attached to a family. Uh, by the way, if you missed last weekend, you can go to our website and you can. Watch that uh, message. I also want to let you know about an event that we've got coming up to support and encourage parents and, and families. On Sunday, uh, November 4th, we're offering free childcare at both locations, Waukesha and Pewaukee, from 5 o'clock until 8 o'clock, so parents can uh, just have a night out, go have a, a date night, and uh, uh, enjoy themselves. If you want to sign up for the child care, just go to our website and click on events and uh, give you an opportunity to maybe uh, put it into practice, some of these principles that we're talking about in this series. Now, as many of you know, the uh, inspiration for the series came from this uh, popular TV show, home improvement show on HGTV called Fixer Upper. How many of you have seen Your Upper, the TV show? Oh yeah, very popular, quite a few. Of you. If you haven't seen it, you know each episode follows pretty much the same pattern. A couple will buy a home that needs major renovation. Chip and Joanna put together a plan, a, a blueprint of what the home will look like when it's finished and uh, beautiful. But after the blueprint, the next step is something that Chip uh, gets very excited about. He'll put on one of these shirts and they call it uh, Demo Day because... They'll take sledgehammers and smash stuff, and uh, it's a lot of fun. If you've ever done it, it's kind of therapeutic. Our staff got to do some demo day at the uh, Pewaukee campus. It used to be the American store. It sat vacant for a few years, and uh, it surprised me just how much fun the staff had swinging uh, hammers and, and tearing stuff out. Typically when a church does a, uh, opens up a new facility, they'll have what's called a ground uh, breaking and they'll uh, take a shovel, it's kind of ceremonial. Well, we didn't have any ground uh, to break and so we called this a wall breaking. Yeah, and uh, hey, I'll tell you what, wall breakings are a lot more fun than uh, ground uh, breakings. Now today, I wanna to talk about some demo work some demo work that all of us need to do to uh, renew and renovate and repurpose our uh, relationships. And I know we could probably come up with a long list of uh, things that we need to demo to improve our relationships, but I want to narrow it down to one thing, one problem, one issue. And this one thing affects all our relationships. It affects our friendships, marriages. It affects our families. And it definitely influences our relationship with God. And if I were to ask you to write down what you think the one thing is that we need to demo, uh, I doubt very many of you would write down the one thing that I want to uh, talk about because it's something that we don't think about uh, very often, but it made the list that the early church fathers... Put together uh, very early in church history a list. Some of you probably heard of this list. It's called the list of the seven deadly sins. And the reason they made this list is because back then, I mean, people didn't have Bibles, they didn't, they, they weren't able to read. And so the early church fathers created this list to educate and protect people from destroying their lives and their and their families. And their relationships. Take a look at this list of the seven deadly sins. And I want you to notice that pride is not just on the list. It is the first sin listed. And the reason uh, given by one of the early church fathers named Augustine uh, is that pride is pregnant with all other sin. In other words, pride is the doorway to these other sins. Pride is the deadliest of the seven deadly uh, sins. And yet we don't talk about it or think about pride uh, very often. Some of us are like, I didn't even know pride was a sin. Now, let me clarify. We're not talking about, uh, you know, feeling proud of your child or, you know, healthy self-esteem or confidence or, you know, feeling proud of something good that you accomplished. Even God, when God finished creation, he stepped back from it and he said, it is good. Pride can be good and appropriate But we can easily go too far with it. Pride has a shadow side. Sinful pride is a puffed-up sense of self-importance. Sinful pride refers to arrogance, self-absorption, self-reliance, self-centeredness. And if we want to renovate and renew and repurpose and rebuild our lives and our relationships... We need to demo this kind of sinful pride. Uh, Some of you know that uh, a little over a year ago, Marnie and I, we bought a fixer-upper. We bought this house in Waukesha, and we love it. Uh, But it was built in 1979, and it's never been updated. And so we got some help, and we had demo day. We tore out some damaged drywall. We got somebody to jackhammer the patio, the old patio in the backyard. We ripped out all the 1979 wallpaper in every uh, room we removed old curtains and old uh, carpet i remember looking around the basement and i actually found a dead animal and i found a in the corner i found a dead chipmunk don't tell my wife Uh, but that chipmunk made the long list of things that had to go and my point is if if we want better relationships the one thing that has got to go the one thing that we've got a demo, is pride. It might surprise you to see what Scripture has to say about pride. When it comes to pride, the language the Bible uses is about as strong as anything else. Take a look here. This is from Proverbs uh, chapter 6. We read that there, there are six things that the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to him, and then it lists these seven things. And notice number one, first on the list is haughty eyes. You know what haughty eyes are? Haughty eyes look down at other people. Haughty eyes are filled with pride. And notice how God, it doesn't say God disproves of pride. It says God hates pride. That's a strong word, right? But sometimes hate is an appropriate word. For example, I I would say I hate cancer. Some of you would would agree. I I hate cancer. Cancer took my dad when I was 29 years old. And it took Marnie's dad. Uh, a year later, our, our kids uh, grew up without a, a grandfather. I, I, I hate pride, or I hate cancer because of what it steals from people. And God hates pride because it steals from you and me. It steals our potential. It ruins our relationships. It divides families. Sometimes people who grew up in the same household don't speak to each other because of pride. And pride puts distance between us and God, here's another scripture about pride. Look at this one. It says, God opposes the proud, but he gives grace uh, to the humble. And I want you to notice we've got three references listed here because this scripture gets repeated three times. How many verses get repeated three times? I mean, that right there shows the importance. And the Bible, it doesn't single out other sins like this. You know, it doesn't say that God opposes the angry. It doesn't say God opposes the greedy. God opposes the... Uh, lustful. But over and over, Scripture says God opposes and will resist and will defeat the the, the proud. God will withhold blessings from us because of pride. That's the bad news. But here's the good news in this verse. If we demo pride, if we humble ourselves, that means if we lower ourselves, God gives more grace and favor to us. God lifts us. God blesses us. God rewards us with better relationships with each other and with him. Now, some of you are, are probably thinking, okay, you know, I want to demo pride. I realize God takes it very seriously. And I want more of his favor. I want more of his blessing, you know, in my life. But I, I, don't, I don't know what pride looks like. I can't see it in my life. Pride is very uh, deceptive. It's easy to see in other people. But it's difficult to see in ourselves. Because it takes on so many forms. And so here's what I want to do. I want to share with you three kinds of pride. And I want you to just examine yourself and see if you can identify any of these three types of pride. Here's the first one. Pride, first kind of pride says, I am better than you. Or I am smarter than you. Wouldn't you agree that uh, nobody likes to be around somebody, someone who thinks they're smarter than everybody else. Or, thinks that, or, or, or who thinks they're better Than everybody else. There's a a classic story about this. One time, a a pastor, a Boy Scout, and a politician, they didn't go into a bar, okay, they they were were on an airplane. They went on this airplane together, and about halfway to their destination, the pilot gets on the uh, microphone and says, "Uh, bad news, the the plane is going to crash, and we've only got three parachutes for the four people on the plane. And so uh, uh, the pilot came back and he said, you know, I'm going to use one of the parachutes because I've got four little kids and I've got a wife back home. And so he took one and jumped out. The uh, politician turned to the pastor and to the little boy scout and he said, you know what? I am the smartest man in the world and the world needs me. If, if I go down, the world will never be the same. And so I'm taking one. And uh, he grabbed one and jumped out. The pastor you know being a humble servant and, and being very kind he turned to the little boy scout and he said son you've got your entire life to live ahead of you I've had a good life I know where I'm going and I know God's got a great plan for your life you take that last uh, parachute and I'll stay with the plane and I'll just go down with the uh, aircraft the boy scout turned to the pastor and he said relax reverend the world's smartest man just grabbed my backpack and jumped out Yeah, nobody wants to be around a prideful person. Nobody likes that. Here's what this I'm better than you, I'm smarter than you pride, here's what it looks like in our lives today. If you often criticize other people, if you constantly find fault with other people, the reason that you do that is because you think your ideas and your opinions are better And smarter than other people. I mean, prideful people see flaws in everyone. Every restaurant has terrible service. Every driver on the road is an idiot. Every worship service is somehow off base. The more pride you have, the more criticism you dish out. Yeah, it's like having your own Simon Cowell, you know, at home uh, that you live with. Uh, uh, But the difference is, you know what, you can turn Simon Cowell off on the TV, Uh, but you can't turn off these people that live with you. Another symptom of I'm better than you pride is that you don't admit when you're wrong. I mean, sometimes marriages break up because one or both people have got to win every argument. You ever had this happen? You have an argument uh, with, with, with your spouse or, or, or it could be a friend or someone else. You have this argument, this fight. Maybe it goes for an hour, two hours, three hours. And at some point, you got to really do some work to even remember what the issue was in the first place. Because it wasn't... <laughs> That's right. Because it's not about the issue, really. It's about pride. And pride causes you to say things that uh, you don't want to say. You say things that you don't really mean. You hurt other people. And it's because you're not willing to lower yourself and say, I'm sorry, I was wrong. Or let's talk about this in a constructive way. Proverbs 13 says pride leads to conflict. Pride keeps the wife from saying, let's do it your way. Pride keeps the teenager from saying, I was wrong. Pride keeps the employee from saying, it's my fault. Pride keeps the husband from saying, you're right, we are lost. Pride causes so many conflicts. Sometimes religious people can have spiritual pride and think, I'm better or I'm smarter than you. Sometimes Christian people can look down at other people and think, you know, I know more more about God than you do. I know more about the Bible than you do. I've got better morals than you do. This is a common complaint people have about Christians, that we're self-righteous and too spiritually proud. Jesus told a story about this one time. It's recorded in Luke chapter 18. He says two guys walk into the temple. One of them is a religious leader, a Pharisee, and he wears religious clothing like a badge that says, I'm a religious leader, I'm righteous. And he says a prayer. He says, he says, Dear Lord, but he says it kind of loud so other people can hear him. Dear Lord. Thank you that I'm not like these other men. Thank you that I'm not like this other guy over here. He refers to this tax collector, the other person in the temple. And if you think the uh, IRS has a bad reputation, poor reputation today, that's nothing compared to tax collectors in the first century. First century tax collectors would overcharge people and pocket the extra. But this tax collector goes into the temple and he bows his head and he closes his, his eyes and he says, God, I'm a sinner. In need of your grace. And Jesus says the sinner, the the corrupt tax collector, not the religious leader, the sinner walks out of the temple right with God, blessed by God because he lowered himself. And see, we've got to be careful that just because we have found Jesus, that doesn't mean we're above anybody else. doesn't mean we're smarter or better than anybody else. C.S. Lewis said, a proud man is always looking down on things and people. And of course, as long as you're looking down, you can't see something that's above you. I take it he means instead of looking down at people and thinking, I'm better than you, I'm smarter than you, that we, that we have to keep looking up and thanking God for his grace and for what he's done in our lives. And if we humble ourselves, God will give us more favor and bless our lives and our relationships. And so that's the first kind of pride that we need to demo today. I'm better than you, or I'm, I'm smarter than you. Here's the second kind of pride, and uh, this one is more subtle. Here's what it says. I can handle this myself. If you have a hard time asking uh, for help, or maybe somebody wants to help you and, and, and bless you and give to you, but you have a hard time receiving, you know, you're like, no, 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 you know, I don't deserve it. You know, give that to somebody else that's pride. I can handle it myself. That's a form of self-absorption, self-reliance. This also shows up in our prayer life. If you have an on-again, off-again prayer life, you pray for a while and then you stop praying. Think about what that says about your sense of self-reliance and independence from God. Here's what prayerlessness says. I can do life on my own. I can handle it myself. I, I, don't, I don't need God's help. I'm above depending on God or receiving help from other people. I've known people who silently struggle with a, with a financial issue or a relational issue or maybe a personal issue because they're too prideful to open up and say, I'm in over my head and I need help. Maybe some of you in your marriage or in your parenting, you've got some struggles and you just keep, you just keep saying uh, you know we can we can fix this on our on our own. We don't need help. We don't need counseling. Or maybe you have an addiction to something, and and you tell yourself I can stop anytime I want. You know, listen. If, if you have an addiction and, and you have yet to stop, you're not going to stop until you get some help. You need help. And if you will humble yourself, lower yourself, God will give you more grace, more self control, and Bless you in all your relationships. And then one more, this third form of pride says it doesn't apply uh, to me. You know, those may be the rules, um, yeah, but those are the rules for other people. They don't apply to me. They don't apply to my situation. There's a story about the, uh, the famous boxer, uh, Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali's on a, on a flight, and the uh, flight attendant uh, walks up to Muhammad Ali and says, Mr. Ali, we're about ready to take off. You need to fasten your seatbelt. And uh, Muhammad Ali says, uh, Superman don't need no seatbelt. And the flight attendant shot back, Superman don't need no airplane. Fasten your seatbelt, <laughs> Mr. Ali. Some people think I'm above the rules. And you see this in the way people respond to the scriptures. You know, sometimes people will say, well, you know, I know Jesus taught that we're, we, we should forgive others as, as, as we have been uh, forgiven uh, by God. Uh, but, but you don't understand what this person did to me. And uh, this teaching, it doesn't apply to me. It doesn't apply to, to my situation, my circumstances. Or we know what scripture teaches about the importance of, of gathering with other Jesus followers and connecting with other Jesus followers. Jesus said, where two or three gather in my name, there am I with them. Jesus himself gathered and did life with 12 other followers But some people think, I can follow Jesus on my own. I don't need church. I don't need to connect with a group or a a team. Or people follow Jesus and say, I'm not going to get baptized. I'm not going to volunteer and and serve. I'm not going to give generously. I'm not going to resist that temptation in my life. And we can elevate ourselves to the point where we think, I'm above God's teachings. It doesn't apply to me. And that's pride. That's self-absorption, and it can block us from receiving the blessings and the favor of God in our lives and in our relationships. And so, you know, when you take a look here at the three different kinds of uh, pride, I wonder, can you identify any of these types of pride in your life? And, uh, you know, I, I wonder this. If, uh, if, if you had to pick one, is there one that maybe you sense God nudging you to to, to work on. Which, which type of pride would that uh, be? I'll tell you, I struggle with all three uh, types of pride. But as I worked on the message uh, this week, I really sensed God nudging me, you know, Ben, you got some demo work that you need to do on number one. And uh, I remembered back to the time when I, uh, I uh, taught one of my kids, one of my sons, I helped him learn how to drive. He had just gotten his uh, temporary driver's license. And so I took him out, and he was doing great. He was driving great. And uh, we ha- but we had a disagreement about who has the right of way in a certain situation. I said, I said, you've got the right of way. And he said, no, dad, my driving instructor told me that the other car, okay, the other person has the right of way. I said, I said that's wrong. And I, and I felt hundred percent confident. And I said, look, I've been driving for over 30 years. I think I know what I'm talking about here. And so we got home and my son and his mom went, went online to the uh, state of Wisconsin website. And the state of Wisconsin website agreed with my son, which amazed me that my son and the state website were both wrong. They were both incorrect. I mean, what are the chances of that happening? Obviously, I, I, I need to demo some pride uh, today. What about you? Because today is not just about identifying pride. Today's demo, demo day. How do we demo pride? Well, let, let's, let's begin with that first type of pride. I'm better than you. Jesus, we, we just need to follow Jesus' example. He showed us how to demo this kind of pride. One time Jesus gathered his followers in an upper room, and he didn't just tell them how to do it. He demonstrated how to demo this, this first kind of, of, of pride. Jesus never sinned. He never had any problem with pride. But he lowered himself and he washed the dirty, stinky feet of the proud disciples because Jesus wanted to de- demonstrate that the best way to demo this kind of pride is to love <clears throat> and serve the needs of others. There's an old saying that great occasions for serving God come seldom, but little ones surround us every day. Every day you and I have the opportunity to demo this kind of pride by loving and serving the needs of other people. You know, maybe this means that you say to your your your, your spouse or to your family, I was wrong. I'm sorry. Uh, maybe you tell your son or your daughter, I love you because it's been too long since you've spoken those words. Uh, maybe you hold your wife's, your wife's hand or maybe you hand her the remote to the TV. <laughs> maybe you write someone a letter or an email and you let go of that grudge that you've been holding on to. Or maybe you anonymously help out a family down the street that's really had a rough uh, year. Maybe you, maybe you volunteer to serve here. At at River Glen. And, uh, you know, even if you're new, we we have a place for you. We'll we'll help you get plugged in. Maybe instead of fault-finding, you lovingly give someone a sincere compliment. And I heard about someone who came up with a creative way to compliment other people. Every day, she made it her goal to encourage five other people to point out something that they do well. And to remind her, she put five little pebbles in her right pocket. And so every time she stuck her hand in her pocket, she felt a pebble, and it reminded her to encourage uh, someone. She did this every day. And when she complimented someone, she would just take the uh, pebble out of her right pocket and move it to her left pocket to help her keep track of her progress. Now, that might sound really simple, but you know what? If five pebbles or five coins helps you to serve other people, it's worth it. Because God opposes the, hum, the proud and gives grace to the humble. And and when we lower ourselves by serving other people, God flows grace and blessing and love into our lives and uh, into our relationships. How about that second type of pride? I can handle this myself. If you want to demo this kind of pride, here's what you need to do. You need to ask for and receive help. And uh, good news, you can do this one today because we have many people here that would love to help you. If you're going through a difficult time, we've got Stephen ministers that'll, that'll come alongside you and, and pray with you and encourage uh, you. If you've got some financial uh, challenges, sign up for this Financial Peace Seminar, one-day seminar uh, coming up, and it'll help you put together a plan to reach your financial goals. We also have Celebrate Recovery. Every Monday night, Celebrate Recovery is a safe place where you can open up about a, a a habit or a hurt or a hang up in your life and they will they will love you they will encourage you and support you and uh, we've got an open house coming up on uh, October 22nd everybody everybody's in, in, invited to attend if you have some marriage challenges we've got trained couples called marriage mentors that'll meet with you and listen to you and help you strengthen your marriage we've had god has saved many marriages in, in our church through marriage mentoring and helped people, helped couples achieve a level of marital satisfaction that they never thought possible. I also put a list of local professional Christian counselors in the lobby. You can pick that up at the Connect Wall. And if you want to find out more about any of these uh, opportunities that I just listed, stop at the Connect Wall in the lobby. we got lots of help available, but here's the thing. you got to ask for it. And as you ask for help and receive it, God will lift you up and and bless your life and your relationships. How about this third kind of pride? It doesn't apply to me. The way to demo this kind of pride is to surrender to God's uh, uh, will. Uh, Humble yourself. I mean, God has a, a next step for every person in this room. For example, when somebody begins following Jesus, the first step that Jesus wants every person to take is called Baptism Baptism not only symbolizes the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, it symbolizes surrendering to following him. But many people avoid baptism because of pride. Now, I know people have questions about baptism, and we love to help people get answers to their questions, and we want everybody to uh, get their questions answered before deciding to get baptized. But some people keep finding reasons to avoid baptism. Baptism. Sometimes I'll ask someone, you know, after I baptize them, I'll ask them this question. You know, what, what triggered you to make this decision today? What got you into the water today? And I've had people in a moment of real honesty say, I swallowed my pride. I just pushed aside pride. And, uh, and I, just, I just did it. And that's a great way to demo pride. Drown it <laughs> in the water of baptism. God said that the old person dies. You want that old proud person to die. And that new person comes to life in Jesus. I baptized a a couple uh, people last uh, Saturday night. And uh, there there were, I don't know, 25, 30 friends gathered together. And it amazed me just how much joy and celebration there was. Because when you surrender to God, It'll lift your burden. I mean, humility doesn't mean you walk around feeling defeated. You surrender, and he will lift you up and fill you with joy and bless your life and your relationships. If you want to find out more about a baptism or maybe you're just new and you want to find out more about River Glen uh, Church, uh, come to the Welcome to River Glen lunch. We provide free lunch and uh, free childcare. We've got one of these lunches coming up. October 28th in Pewaukee, and then both campuses on November 18th. And, and uh, this is for anybody. If you haven't attended this lunch, this is, this is a great next step that I would encourage you to take. We have a couple in our church named Glenn and Allie who recorded their story on video for us, a story about surrendering uh, to God and taking next steps. It, it, it inspired me. I hope that you'll find it inspiring to It's a story that begins with unfinished. Some of you may not know that unfinished is an initiative that we began two years ago that has allowed us to launch several new ministries including the new Pewaukee campus. Everything that we give financially to River Glen through the end of the year goes toward uh, the unfinished uh, initiative and many of us like this couple like Glenn and Allie have learned to surrender to God through unfinished. Take a look. Hello, I'm Glenn
1: Rogers and this is my wife, Allie Rogers.
2: We've been coming to River Glen since 2014 um, to the Waukesha location and just recently started going to Pewaukee.
1: It's closer to our house, we love the new look, love the campus, but we will still be attending Waukesha once in a while. Um, And We love River Glen so much that we actually started serving at uh, River Glen Pewaukee.
2: When we started coming to River Glen in 2014, he actually started coming first, and he loved it, so I came a couple weeks after. (laughs) And um, we came just to strengthen our marriage.
1: Yeah, we actually got invited from uh, a friend of ours, and uh, she said, kept telling us, you gotta go to this church, you gotta check it out, gotta check it out, so we finally, I came in on a a good Friday, actually. You know, at that time in our marriage, we needed God, we needed, uh, To follow Jesus and it really did help strengthen our marriage and from there there was no turning back.
2: Coming to River Glen just helped remind us that we need to keep God in the center of our relationship and that has made a big difference in our marriage and in our relationships outside of um, our marriage as well. So unfinished us meant um, both challenge and growth. We have been coming to river Glen for a couple years prior to unfinished and we had always been giving but it just wasn't consistent and so when unfinished came about we really saw this as a challenge and kind of a sign from god reminding us that we are able to stretch ourselves and to challenge ourselves and so and ultimately that will help us grow spiritually and so in the last two years um my perspective on generosity has improved and I give a lot of credit to my husband because he's the one that created our unfinished goal and when he came to me with that goal at first I was nervous about it and thought it was a big goal for ourselves but I went with it Uh, we supported each other and throughout the journey God has just shown up in our lives in more ways than we could have ever imagined and we've been blessed Um, so much throughout the journey and although we may have gone off track a little or we've um, you know slipped up here and there we always were able to get back on track and I think that was a reminder for myself that God is always going to provide
1: through this unfinished journey uh, it has meant to me that we truly aren't finished with anything Um, maybe some of my woodworking things you know I could be finished with but uh, especially when it comes to marriage uh, and giving and generosity, we're never finished. You know, uh, we made a commitment, a commitment to God, commitment to the church, commitment to ourselves. We're both personal trainers, and it started off just like somebody coming to the gym that wants to lose 50 pounds or they want to gain this much muscle. You know, the commitment was there for the first, you know, three months for us. We were putting money down each month, and, you know, we're, since we own our own businesses, We have our first quarter taxes, our second quarter taxes. But I made this commitment to God into River Glen. And after I paid second quarter taxes, I said, okay, no more spending and no more doing stuff. I'm gonna save all my money. And I actually had third quarter taxes ready in July. So from a commitment standpoint, I took every single penny I earned from our businesses in August and put that towards River Glen. And I paid our debt and our commitment off, which made me super excited.
2: We've seen more and better followers of Jesus because of it, and going to the grand opening of Pewaukee last weekend was really neat to see that energy, um, that room packed, new faces, and just to be a part of that, and knowing that we gave and stretched ourselves more than we thought we could was a really rewarding feeling. So I am just praying that that new location can reach um, more people, of course. and. Going forward, the future of River Glen, and for our family, um, we are expecting to add to our family.
0: Yes.
2: So oh, I came to it.
1: <laughs> yes, we're actually expecting. So okay, God has blessed <laughs> us, blessed us in many ways. So February 19th, we'll have another mini Glenn or Alley come into this world. Um, so that's pretty awesome that. <laughs> for us.
2: <laughs> I see this as something I want to continue because. God has blessed us so much throughout the journey, and although there were difficult times and obstacles or times we got off track, there was always um, this sense of trust towards God that I never had before.
1: What we're excited with, with River Glen is just reaching and seeing more people, you know, and just like us coming to River Glen, we came to find Jesus again and really help our family out, and we're going to instill these values in our little one. Yeah, we're super stoked for River Glen in the future and uh, for our future. Thank, Thank
0: you, Unfinished. Unfinished. Let's, uh, let's give a hand to Glenn and Allie. <clears throat> Appreciate them sharing their story. Love how God's worked in their life, and uh, they surrendered themselves, and you can just see how God has blessed and flowed more grace and favor into their lives, into their marriage and uh, their relationships. And I like how they also said, they said, uh, you know, we're not done. We're not finished. God's not finished with any of us. And you know what? That's also true about pride. One demo day is not going to cure our pride. One treatment is not enough to cure our pride. Demoing pride is really an ongoing part of the journey of following uh, Jesus. And so I wonder, you know, which kind of pride uh, are you uh, dealing with? Which kind of, of the three types of pride is God maybe nudging you and saying, you know, you need to begin uh, some demo work on number one, or, or maybe it's number two or number uh, three? I'm gonna pray for us, and then we want you to listen to this message, for the message of this beautiful song. It's about love, which is, is part of how we demo pride. And uh, I think we also gave you a glow stick when you walked in. Would you go ahead and take that out? We wanted to find something that, you know, when you break it, it gets better, like a glow stick. You know, you break it, and it gets uh, better. It gets brighter. It gets beautiful. And when we break our pride, when we demo our pride, uh, it makes our relationships better and more uh, beautiful. And so during this song, we uh, want you to feel free to uh, just you know, break that glow stick and you can put it around your wrist. There's a connector. You can wave it around. Whatever you want to do to represent your decision to break your pride, to demo your pride uh, so that God can lift you up and, and bless your life and your relationships. Let me pray for us. God, thank you so much for the way that you want to work in our lives. Thank you for helping us Renovate and and renew and, and rebuild and repurpose our lives and our relationships. But God, we also realize that we have to do our part. We have to make a careful inspection of what needs to go. And we have to be involved in the demo. We have to say, okay, okay, it's time for this to go. And so God, we need your help to see the pride in our hearts and in our lives. And we need your help to not only see it, but to demo it, to lower ourselves and humble ourselves so that we can live the way Jesus lived and experience the blessings and grace and and favor and beauty that you want to flow into our lives and into our relationships. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.